Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Rugby Wrap. Nice to have your company as we launch into another year of Super Rugby AU. My name is Mick Collis and joining me as always is former Wallaby Mitch Hardy. And Mitch, good to see you after a long off-season. Yeah, great to be back, Mickey. It was the shortest off-season of all time, mate. It only feels like yesterday, leading <laughs> yeah, into summer finished. that we were doing our last episode. But uh, great to uh, dust off the headphones once again, mate, and uh, rejoin the rugby wrap. And looking forward to 2021 of rugby. And a man who now makes his living through the misfortune of others. It's the rugby wrap's <laughs> favourite son, Heath Tessman. And Tess, great to see you. Yeah, excellent to see you boys as well. Misfortune. I don't like misfortune. How, how do we how do we work misfortune of others? Hey, well, I'm what, not out there chasing ambulances. No, but okay. what are you what are you doing with your life away from professional football? Mate, I'm just helping people and surgeons getting right. uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> new joints. Getting new joints, mate. Yeah, new joints. Well, that's good. But hey, what about not, your off season? What about your off season, Tess? This will be the first time you've never had to do an off season or a pre season. Is that right? Yeah, no, it felt, it felt a little bit weird for me as well. It's been over, yeah, well over a decade since I've had to um, been able to sit on my bum, but I have. It, it hasn't come too naturally to me, actually. Like, we're, we're going to be talking to Ian soon, and even during uh, pre-season, I was messaging him and a few other guys getting running programs just because <laughs> I didn't want, didn't want to stop. <laughs> didn't want to sit down. So, yeah. Uh, it's been a, yeah, it's, the load's been a bit lighter this off-season, but mate, I'm still working hard. Don't worry about that, Mitch. Mate, you're looking at a million dollars. I think next week you'll be in the same t-shirt as Mitch Hardy. Well, I've heard, yeah, well, He's I've heard Tess has out been, of that muscle shirt, yeah. I've heard that Tess has been doing the Hugh Jackman 20, uh, the 20 rep, uh, rep workout or something like that. Or maybe it was the Chris Hemsworth one, I'm not sure. Hemsy does my workout. We, we, Hemsworth does my workout. Right. I, got, yeah, but I, I got most of it off you. All right, we'll move on. Well, Super Rugby kicks off with a doubleheader on Friday night with the Reds playing the Tars at Suncorp on the undercard before the Western Force take on the Brumbies at HBF Stadium in the main event. And one man who knows the Western Force better than most is their inspirational captain, Ian Pryor, and he joins us now. And Ian, thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. No worries at all. Thanks for having me on, guys. Now, mate, the fans are very excited. I believe it's a sellout crowd at the 50% capacity. We've been waiting 1,316 days for Super Rugby to be back in Perth. What's the feeling like in the squad? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge stat, isn't it, that 1,300 days since the last home Super game. It's, um, yeah, mate, there's a lot of excitement getting around within the team and the community, and I think um, the players have had a long, hard slog of the preseason. We can't wait to get out there and play in front of our sea of blue. You've had a big recruiting drive over the summer. That's been well publicised. How has the squad come together? Yeah, it's obviously been um, pretty exciting to see some of the depth added to our squad. And um, I think, uh, you know, the pre-season, like I said, was hard. But what was really impressing, impressive sorry, was to see how the younger guys and the pathway players were coming through there and really pushing the established players um, in terms of standards, uh, running quality, to particularly the lungs. And uh, just their energy, it's infectious, you know, as a... Uh, those young players, when you come in wide-eyed and you think, geez, how good is this? I get to play rugby for a living and coming through the pathway, it's, um, it's pretty special. And then obviously sprinkling interna- season internationals and uh, what they bring there, it's, uh, it's had a really good buzz about it. So lots of new faces, as you said, some known, some unknown. Who, who's impressed you the most? Uh, from the local pathways, young kid called Grayson Makara. He's, um, man, he's, a, he's a special talent. Obviously, he's... Uh, 
got a bit of competition there with some of the centers that we've got, but you know, what a great learning platform for him to learn all five international quality centers there. Uh, he was really impressed in the off season and really kicked into gear there. Um, and I think, you know, if he gets a chance, he'll show what a special talent he is. And then in terms of the older guys, uh, Kyle Goodwin's had a, had a great preseason. So I'm excited to see how his, uh, his season shapes up after a full preseason with the team. And then, you know, obviously your, your class players like Rob Carney, those guys, um, you know, just been really impressive to work with. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And, and so Cole's injury-free? Uh, yes, he's, uh, he, he's, had a, he's had a great run in pre-season. So um, hopefully that maintains through, uh, throughout the season. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a quality player. Yeah, that's great. It's great to have him sort of back in, in Perth. And of, of the new, the big signings, the internationals, what are you hoping that they bring to the Western Force? Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, probably that depth factor is a huge one. Um, you look at the successful teams throughout history in rugby, they've had to go really deep in terms of their squad. I, I believe the Reds in 2011, um, when, when we won it there, we used 42 players. At the Brumbies, when we made the grand final, we made use 43 players, and that's pretty consistent throughout. So if you want to go deep in the competition and play well, obviously depth is a key factor. And then uh, leaning on their experience, you know, we've got guys that have come in from different programs, different experiences experience can see teams and, and things different ways which is pretty exciting so um yeah get to use their knowledge and their skills and and they get to influence the younger players as well which is a huge bonus there's a good, a good quote i read today it says that you that the western force you'll have depth rather than mere replacements coming off the bench and that's no disrespect to the players you've had but but this year you do have depth all the way through and, and as you said even the guys outside that 23 there's still guys that you know probably would feel a bit unlucky they didn't make the 23 absolutely absolutely we've got you know, everyone's fit and available at this point in time. So, you know, it would have been a hard hard job for the coaches to have those conversations, I'm sure, and to make those selections. But it's a great place to be in. And hopefully, um, you know, we keep competing hard like we're doing. These are some of the most intense and most competitive training sessions I've been involved with in my career. Um, you know, and that's going to shape us up well throughout the season. So long may it continue. So I'll just go through the, the, the squad you've got for Friday night. So Tom Robertson, Fleddy Kotu'u, Santiago Medrano, Jeremy Thrush, Fergus Lee Warner, Thomas Lozana, Kane Koteka and Brian Stander making up the forwards. Then yourself, Ian Pryor, John O'Lance, Marshall Braki, Kyle Goblin, Tavita Kuradrani, Byron Ralston, Rob Kearney. And then on the bench, Andrew Reddy, Angus Wagner, Greg Holmes, Ryan McCauley, Tim Anstey, Thomas Cabelli, Jake McIntyre and Richard Kahui. And Tess, I'll start with you. It's a pretty good forward pack, isn't it? Yeah, it's solid. I like the look of it. It looks nice and strong. You know, we, that type five will go out there and challenge just about any type five in the competition, I think. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer away from the type five. I'm excited to see Thomas Lozano and, and Kane Kateka on either side of the scrum out there. Two guys that are pretty hard, pretty fit just like hitting people so you know, they could become the new little bash brothers of the uh, of the super comp over here if they go out there and get their way and and mitch it's a it's a nice back line yeah absolutely mick um well balanced in the backs there um obviously ian and john o'lance got a bit of combination there uh with the rugby they've played together um i do like that set of combination of uh kyle and tavita um, and obviously, Tavita looked pretty good in the trial the other week against the Brumbies. Uh, he looked highly motivated, and um, let's hope in, that he has a really good season and the, the move to the force is going to be good for him and good for the Wallabies. Um, the back three is uh, going to be an interesting little challenge, I reckon, for them um, this week, especially with the kicking from Alessio. So Rob Kearney should bring his experience to the, the four there, and I reckon uh, hopefully he, he helps 
Ian out a bit with steering the uh, the pack and the players around the field and, and provides that experience, which he's been recruited for. And then, obviously, Ralston's had a really good year last year and um, he'll have his hands full up against the uh, the Brumbies wingers with uh, Andy Muirhead and Mac Hansen. So I think the, the backs, you know, it's going to be pretty evenly matched, but I think, um, you know, we're hoping the experience that they've recruited in the off-season will, will give them the upper hand. And, and I guess the question everyone wants to know, the, the new guys, are they good blokes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, we get that asked a lot. But, uh, yeah, mate, they're, they're terrific blokes. They fit in seamlessly. Um, you know, the unique thing about the Western Force is that while we are developing the pathways in the academies, not everyone's from Perth originally. So you become each other's family. And certainly one of our pillars of our club is looking after each other and looking out for one another. So they've come and they fit in well. Um, you know, obviously guys from different cultures bringing different flavours, things like that, which is really impressive. And, um, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, it's just a good vibe around the club at the moment. We've been working hard for a long time. We've got, we've got, a, we've got a new Irishman in, so he's going to love the crack. He's going to love a pint of Guinness. You know he's a good lad straight away. Bunch of Argentinians. It's all red wine and red beef <laughs> over there. So, mate, they're going to fit in absolutely perfect down here, especially with that group. They've been getting a lot of sun as well as Argentinians. I don't think they really have from the Australian Thunder, so they've been coming in very tanned. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be a dead set certain to be getting their kit off on a regular basis now they're in Perth, I reckon, those Argentinians. Yeah. What, about, what about, were they happy about the Harvey Beef uh, signing, of the, the, the major sponsor signing? I reckon those Argies would have been chuffed about that. Get a bit, of, yeah. get a bit more meat in the diet and cover the, uh, the bills there for the, the meat sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah, they were happy. We came in that morning, it was announced, and the Type 5 were high-fiving, celebrating, and group hugs going on, and then, and then it all sort of made sense when we heard the announcement. They obviously got wind early. Yeah, yeah. we know he... Sniff it out. Know, yeah, we know he's always been fond with a bit of, from a bit of Harvey beef sausage. So, yep. so he's, he's a bit jealous he's missed out. But uh, what about uh, Thomas Cabelli, mate, with, uh, with your game? How, how do you see that happening? How are you going to be able to work together? I mean, obviously, you're skipper, and... Um, obviously, the coach would be pretty keen to get Cabelli on the field. How's how do you feel about that, and how do you think that's going to work during the season? Yeah, obviously, obviously we don't want to see you lose your captaincy. Obviously, so <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a quality player, and um, you know I've played against him many times throughout Super Rugby, so it's nice to be training against him and and getting to know him a little bit and learn tricks of the trade. And it's like I said for many other positions, it's made it super competitive training, which is good. You can't come down and sort of have a bad day and go through the motions because you've got to be on. So it's uh, it's been great in that regard. And I guess um, like we talked about earlier uh, in, a, in a few of the other positions as well is that depth factor because, you know, we're going to have to, I think we get a buy after this week and then we go on a five, six game straight streak. Uh, we've got finals and then we're straight to Trans-Tasman the week later. So we're going to have to rotate the squad through a bit and, uh, make use of all our players. You know, we've got five international centres and we've got two spots mm-hmm. in the centres every week. So, um, yeah, like I said earlier, the, the competition's outstanding. It's something that, you know, really drives high standards and that professionalism. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that every week. And, and are, you, are you playing this as two separate competitions? Like, is, is your focus just purely on Super Rugby, then you worry about the Trans-Tasman thing or, or are you kind of looking over the whole season? Uh, probably as players, I guess, just focusing on week to week to begin with is the old cliche. But yeah, certainly Super Rugby is our first focus um, and, and doing well in that. And then once we we finish that, then we switch into trans Tasman mode. So I'm sure once, you know, Super Rugby A, a Tora, I can't really pronounce it, sorry, A, a Tora, 
Um, once that begins, I'm sure we'll keep an eye on it and, you know, get to watch teams and you start to get a bit of a gauge about what teams are doing, how they're going about it. I mean, you know, we have all know their styles of play are pretty particular, whether it's the Crusaders or the Chiefs or the Blues. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it and, you know, do a bit of analysis in the back of our heads while we're still focusing on the Aussie teams to begin with. And, Mitch, as you've mentioned some of the, um, the Brumbies, just their 15, James Slipper, Faenga, Alatoa, Darcy Swain, Cadron Neville, Rob Valentini, Jerome Brown and Pete Samu, the forwards, and then Nick White, Noel Alessio, Mac Hansen, Irio Simone, Len Ikatao, Andy Muirhead and Tom Banks in the back line. And Tess, are they, they, they bored us in the, uh, the trial. Are they going to bore us again on Friday night with their rolling balls to score tries off lineouts? <laughs> yep. Look, oh, I think they're going to try to, but I'm certainly hoping they don't get the opportunity to. You know, we'll... we'll have a bit more beef in that pack and not that's not just a pun on the sponsor on the jersey with with big thrushy back out there um he'll be helping you know guide that defensive line out around uh so yeah i mean we know where the brummies are a team where you know where they're going to attack you you've just got to be better at it than what they do i'm excited to see the the match up with tavita and ikatao out there in the centers as well because you know arguably the the young gun that kind of pushed him out of that spot there so the old Bull Tavita gets to have his first crack at him in, he, in his first sports jersey at home against the, you know, the young kid that pushed him out. And yeah, and when, when Tavita came across, everyone said he, he needed a change and it would freshen him up. Do you sort of see that in him? Yeah, 100%. He's uh, like everyone that comes from Canberra to Perth, you realise, geez, how good is this? <laughs> what have I been off. doing? <laughs> yeah, you've gone from Canberra depths of winter to Cottesloe Beach summers and... Harbour Beach cafes. So he's uh, he's had a spring and a step since he got here. I played um, uni as well as te- uh, tested um, with Tavita, and you know, as a shy shy young kid there, and you know, had these big dreams and stuff, and then he ended up making the Wallabies and, and having a, a great career. And you know, like anyone who sort of sits at the top there for a while, the change is as good as a holiday. Um, and he, he he certainly come with yeah some fresh fresh thoughts and, and like I said, a fair bit of energy. And I think. As well, a point to prove, like we touched on, uh, you guys touched on there last year. Obviously, he probably wasn't happy with this season, and he's he's come over here with a point to prove. So he's been really good. So I'm looking forward to uh, him having a great season. Uh, look, looking ahead, oh sorry, Tess, do you want to go or Mitch? Yeah, I was just going to ask um, Ian, where do you see the other key matchups um, this weekend across the park against the Brums? Like obviously, you, you had an advantage there of, of getting a troll game against them, and I thought your defence was really good. Um, against the Brums, is there a few without giving too much away? Where do you see the main key matchups this weekend, or the main threats from the Brumbies? Yeah, obviously their set piece is outstanding. Um, it's something they pride themselves on there in terms of their rolling mall and their scrum. So we've got to make sure we're we're up for the battle in those areas. And then it's you know it's going to be a work rate and battle of the breakdowns effort. I think you know it's the old cliche: the forwards decide who wins the game, and the backs by how how many so it's going to be a great battle watching those two packs going at it and then uh, I think it's going to be whoever makes the most of their opportunities that they get throughout the game so you know obviously the 10 spot's pretty crucial watching young Noah um, who's who's a special talent getting around and, and using his magic there and then um, the wise uh, knowledgeable head of John O'Lance and, and seeing how he controls the game and you know that combative kind of nature of player that he is and you know he's a special player to play alongside so I maybe think, uh, there'll be a couple of catch-ups. Maybe put Banksy under a bit of pressure, mate, at the back there. I reckon he's a bit, a little bit susceptible. You reckon you'll you'll pepper him a bit? Yeah, the the battle of the fullbacks will be good as well. Uh, Banksy versus Rob Carney. So, um, yeah, like uh, like any 
like any player, he has his things that he tends to do. So we'll see if we can uh, put him under a bit of pressure and, you know, test out that back three. But yeah, oh, man, with, without, um, oh, sorry, without, no, without actually it. going back into the old forward space, I'm excited for the, um, for the battle between the packs this week because a few of our younger guys last year, that first time we played the Brumbies, like it was, it was a bit of shock. They were like, man, they were just that, they were just that much more precise, uh, that little bit more physical. They were another gear up from all the other packs they played, and it was a bit of a shock to some of the you know the younger Fergus Lee Warners and things like that. So we're we'll going into this game now this week, and they, they don't have any of that. There's not that element of surprise for the Brumbies, and arguably they've got that slightly younger pack. They've got experience up front. Um, they've got, you know, some caps of super rugby in the back row, but I think it's really our pack has the real opportunity to go out there and, and dominate, and they won't, be, they won't be taken back or surprised by the intensity. And in attack, and too, like, you guys really came out of, out of the blocks last year with the super rugby. You played a really good attacking style of rugby, and then as the competition sort of wore on, that sort of bit of flair started to wear off a bit. And I noticed in the trial game, um, the the attack was probably not as polished as what it could be. Have you done a bit of work on addressing that and making sure you get those line breaks and finish those line breaks off? Yeah, we sure have. Um, I think like any sort of first trial, you, you can be a little bit clunky and missing a little bit of polish, like you said, in a few areas. So, um, you know, the, the Brumbies defence is outstanding as well. So we're going to have to make sure we work hard and, you know, we're going to have to earn our stripes to unlock, you know, the space and, and to capitalise on that, which sort of went on throughout the game. So... Yeah, we'll find a bit more shape and a bit more cohesion there, which will be good after having that, that hit out and an extra couple of weeks training. So we'll be good for it. Did the lockdown affect you? Obviously, the, the back end of the season is when you, you really get your combinations happening. Did that throw much of a spanner in the works, those five days? Uh, to be honest, it was probably a little blessing in disguise. Uh, guys got to freshen up a little bit and, you know, came into training after that five days and guys were bouncing off the walls. I couldn't believe how much energy they had. So it was certainly good from a physical point of view. I think to freshen guys up, you don't really get a window like that, that mm. close to the season to sort of really deload and freshen up. But probably like, like um, Mitch just touched on there, probably affected that cohesion a little bit in the trial. Didn't have as, as long with the combinations to get, you know, four or five extra training sessions under the belt. So that's probably was a little bit clunky, like I said there before earlier. So, um, probably, yeah, it was a double-edged sword, you know. In one way, it was good. The other way, it probably wasn't so good. So, looking ahead to Friday night, so it was none from eight last year. Last year, you were, you were happy to be in it. This year, you are a part of it. Do you guys feel under under pressure coming into this season? Um, not sure under pressure, but certainly we're, we're looking forward to, you know, getting that win, that win on the board. Um, that's certainly in the back of people's minds that we were disappointed with our results last year. We weren't disappointed with, you know, sort of how we played and the squad we had. And, you know, we gave most teams a shake and probably could have closed out a few of those games and it would have been a completely different season. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier, it's just a lot of excitement around first home game, a lot of guys, debuts. Um, those guys get to see how special that sea of blue is and how loud that stadium can be, even though we're only sort of at 50%, you know, capacity, but it's going to be full to the brim with everyone that can go. So, um, yeah, mate, like I said earlier, just, yeah, really exciting and um, can't wait for it to kick off. The law changes, there wasn't too many brought in this year, Ian, but uh, I noticed the Kiwis brought in the captain's challenge. You're a bit disappointed they didn't bring in that in for you, mate, so you could <laughs> have a crack at that. Yeah, I've- I think it was definitely worth a discussion. Um, you know, <laughs> professional sports such a cutthroat industry and, you know, we're, we're judged on wins and losses and if, you know, coaches' careers and players' careers are judged on that and, you know, there's a call you can go back that someone missed the, 
a little knock on. You know, a few phases before where guys scored. To be able to rectify that, I think would be pretty oh, cool. Stop it. Stop, oh, mate. <laughs> the games, you guys are always complaining about the game being slow enough as it is. Well, oh, now, yeah. now that the type boys have to jog to scrums, it would free up time for that kind of stuff, you know? Give the, give yeah, the yeah. fans what they want, the DRS. <laughs> There's going to and be what, so many injuries. <laughs> and what about the uh, the Reds-Waratahs game, mate? Who's your pick there? Oh, the Reds would be tough to beat, I'd say. They're... um. You know, they'll have a little chip on their shoulder after last year just coming up short and they've got, you know, a stack of talent there. So, um, Waratah's probably coming as underdogs um, and, you know, maybe they can maybe they can shake something up there. But, yeah, I think the Reds would be pretty pretty tough to beat up there in Suncorp, especially this time of year with all that humidity getting around. It'd be tough pill. Well, it's expecting a nice 27 degrees, I think, on Friday. And so, look, on behalf of all, all the fans, we're all very excited to see you guys back at home. So um, good luck not only for Friday night, but also for the rest of the season. And thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. No worries at all, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Well, Cobb. Done, yeah, Go well. Cheers, guys. So that was Ian Pryor, captain of the Western Force. And I'm pretty excited about this first game against the Brumbies. I think it'll be a cracker. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. I reckon the, the Force have gone all in on this round one. They've got it. They've put all the chips on the table, picked all the internationals that they could, they had available to them. And um, yeah, they're, they're looking to start the season off with a, with a big W, I think. And if they don't get it, I think they'll be disappointed. Whereas the Brumbies were far from convincing in their trial match at home against the force. Um, you know, we, we expect them to be quite clinical and well-organized and, and very methodical around their game structure and their game plan. But um, yeah, it's the, I think the force could feel a little bit of pressure, especially the, you know those little nerves running out in front of 10,000 home fans. There'll be a lot of noise at the stadium. There'll be a bit of emotion there because it's some of the guys' first game in Perth. Um, and certainly this is the first time these, this group of players have played together. So um, it'll be interesting to see how methodical or how well all they are as a, as a unit uh, versus a Brumbies team that you know have, would have had very good preparation and have got a very good core group of players from last year. Um, to go there. So I'm, I'm not expecting a one-sided affair this Saturday. I reckon it's going to be really close and, you know, you know, you'd love to see the force get up with a win and that set them seasons up for a bit of success this year. But I think the Brumbies with their systems and the way they go about the game, just, you know, if they get away to an early lead, then they're going to be hard to peg back. Um, so that's where the force, you, you don't want the force having to play catch-up footy against the Brums. It might be a bit tough for them. What do you reckon, Heath? I think uh, I think if if you're on the head with the emotional side of it, I think as 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 long as you know the guys carry manage sorry their emotions through throughout because it's going to be a, it's a big night you know it's been such a long time since the Super Game was played here even for our fans not even getting a, a game of rugby here in Perth last year um, or a Super Game of rugby here in Perth last year so you know the the fans are going to be out there they're going to be making noise we know it's a sellout crowd for what they can sell so that you know that heaps a little bit of pressure onto onto the players to perform and it was mentioned through there as well not getting the win last year so coming into going through the competition last year with the big donut uh as long as that's managed well by by seeing you guys in the group by coaching staff i, I don't think it'll play too big of a problem and especially with new with such a high turnover of new squad guys like you know, Carney and the Argentinian boys come in. They haven't got the baggage. They haven't got that the pressure of having to go through an 0 and 8 season last year. They can come in and they can just go out there and play their game and, and do it as well as they can. So I think as long as as long as long those emotions are managed throughout, the the, uh, the occasion doesn't get too big because 
like you said, like that Brumbies team, they're always quite clinical and they won't get overawed by the occasion. Um, I think the force will, will come out on top. Well, let's hope so. And they've, they've launched their new jerseys uh, earlier on in the week. We'll put those pictures up on Twitter at the rugby underscore rap and on Facebook. Um, you know me, I, I don't like when they change jerseys. I don't know why they had to. I thought there was nothing wrong with the first one that they had. The new home strip to me looks like the Parramatta Reels jersey. It's got the blue with the, the gold stripe across the middle. I think the away strip looks terrific. Black and gold, they're two colours that work very well. But again, they've had some great black and gold jerseys. But I'm sure the marketing team are happy with them. And I'm sure they'll expect all their law fans to fork out their $99. But I, I just don't know why they've had to go bring out another jersey. Well, we had that very special jersey they wore in the trial game, Mick, which I thought was... Did you design um, that? Yeah. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think some soccer player might have, might have designed that. And look, I, you know, the intent of, of wearing that jersey with the club emblems on it was very honourable, and I, yep. I get that. I get that concept, but the, the whole design of the big blue W and the whole white strip was a bit off-putting for mine for a rugby yeah. game. Oh, I love, I love um, a white strip. White strip's oh, great. It must be very flattering on you, Heath. Oh yeah, exactly. That's, what That's why um, I just tan. If you can't tone, you tan. <laughs> but you know, you know the the sea of blue will get behind their team, and um, you know I think the guys that have been around for a while, like Ian, will will show a bit of pride in their jersey. And it's about, you know, one one of the questions I, I didn't ask was around. Well, wonder, you know, I can get the motivation behind uh, Kuradrani and uh, Tom Robinson coming across, but the Argies and Rob Kearney and Kahui and those guys, what's what's really going to deep down motivate those guys to really play for the jersey? And that's where obviously. Um, the job of the coach and the, the leadership group within the team have got a big role in, in building that team culture so that those guys get it and they they, they feel that inner sort of um, swell of pride in pulling the jersey on, which you hope yeah. they have. Hopefully they're on and it. And it might be, it might, that might not be something that happens until the you know the first whistle, till half time, till they get to take it in out there in front of the sea of blue as well. So, yeah. You know, it's, it, it can make it very real. It can be all that talk leading into it about, you know, logos and what jerseys mean, but then getting out there and actually seeing mm. it, being in front of the fans and seeing what it means uh, to a group of people, that can really cement it. So to the mailbag, and there's plenty in it to kick off the season. Um, we mentioned some of the, the real changes or the law variations. Uh, probably the biggest... Is we mentioned, did we, did we decide we were bringing the mailbag back? Yeah, yeah, I voted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I voted on the off-season. <laughs> it, it, made, it made it through the off-season review. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's bulked up in the off-season. We, re- we did what the ARU did and just reviewed ourselves. We <laughs> <laughs> passed with flying colours. So the biggest, <laughs> the biggest change is the golden try rule in extra time. So five minutes each way, no penalty goals allow, allowed first team to score the try wins. Uh, what do we think of that? Will it work? Well, it'll get, it'll get, I mean, what, we have one last year that it was an absolute dreadful display of rugby dreadful. For, yep. for 20 minutes the or whatever fest. it went for. So at least this way, you know, both teams will be looking to score that try. So, or, yeah, will they, or will the opposition just be happy to give away penalties? Well, you maybe if you yeah. can't keep a penalty goal, and in which case the golden try will be a driving maul. Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. So don't <laughs> which be is what the people want to see, won't <laughs> <laughs> they? Exactly. And, uh, and test the thirty-second rule for the scrum sets. What do you think of that one? Hey, the, the force forwards are fit, so let's run with it. And, <laughs> and so, what like, is it? Is it what? What's, what are they going to do? Put the big thirty-second exactly. clock up is on the scoreboard every time they call a club? Oh, that's what. 
it would be interesting to see. I think they're they're figuring it out as well. So we'll find out Friday <laughs> add a, night add what the of, plan is. Add a bit of drama to the whole occasion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, big clock up the side. Uh, <laughs> aspiring Wallaby and former Melbourne Storm star uh, Vinavalu has been fined ten grand for allegedly punching a security guard at a Brisbane nightclub. Uh, they allege that he struck the security guard in the face, and it seems you can take the man out of rugby league, but you can't take rugby league out of the man. Not a great look for rugby. Not the sort of publicity the Reds would want before their season opener. Oh, and Brad Thorne has tried so hard to have a real squeak clean sort of image of that group up there. In one foul swoop, this bloke's come in and ruined it straight off the bat before they've even played a game. Before he's even, pulled, <laughs> before he's even played a game. <laughs> and, he, you know, he looked half decent in the trial game for the touches he had. But, um, yeah, like that's for, you, for a bloke that you've spent a lot of money on. And I think the whole... You know, what was the telling of the story was to seeing that photo with Scotty Johnson standing behind David Hannum with his hand in his head <laughs> as they <laughs> announced it. And you just go, oh, no, worst nightmares come to fruition here. But so, really, in, in a big week, in a big lead-up before a big game, that Waratahs Reds game, and the press is dominated by, you know, basically a rugby league story, yeah, or rugby league behaviour story, which is terrible. Shame. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's just dumb stuff. And the anyway, Melbourne Reds... There might be more to come on that one, Mickey, too, because, you know, like if he's been charged with assault, I think one week layoff and a 10,000 penalty might be just the yeah, start. just the tip of the iceberg. We'll have to see, wait and see what happens. And the Melbourne Rebels have got the bye to open their season, but they all had to jump in their cars at short notice and rush into Canberra. So looks like they might be back on the road again. How's that going to affect them, do you think? Oh, it's going to be tough, yeah. Having, having spoken to a few of the boys this week, it's their... They're all mentally prepped for it now because you're, you're right at the beginning of the year and you're just doing what you need to do to get out there and, and play games and make sure you can compete. But it'll be interesting to see how long they end up having to, to spend because it was really, you know, it was at the drop of a hat. They all yeah, had to the pack their bags and get in, get out. Um, so I'm sure it hasn't, you know, well and truly sunk in. So hopefully, you know, with the restrictions, I, have, I think the restrictions have been eased a little bit in Melbourne. Um, yeah, they're out of their lockdown, but I think you've still got two weeks of quarantine wherever you still, go. So that's yeah. why they've, they're out of Melbourne, obviously. So they're so, in Canberra. So at least it so. gives them a week together before they do have to head up to, to Brisbane. So hopefully it won't be too much of an impact for them. Yeah, yeah. look, you just wonder, Mick, whether they'll ever, ever get a home game back in Melbourne yeah. this season. Like yeah. they could be they could be a Newcastle-based team like the Force was last year or they could, they could end up anywhere, the Rebels. So they've just got to take it one week at a time. And it's not the ideal preparation. You know, they didn't get a trial game under their belt um, with any good quality opposition that I'm aware of. So um, I reckon they're going to be a bit slow out of the block, support old Rebels. Yeah. And uh, the new broadcaster, Stan, has added a couple of new names to their broadcast with former Wallabies coach Michael Checker and Wallaby legend, Mitch Hardy's mate, David Campisi, joining the team, which I think is all terrific. But if the product is no good, people aren't going to switch on regardless of who's in commentary. So do you think that the bosses at Nine have had a word to the bosses at Rugby Australia about what they want to see on the paddock? Oh, geez, I don't know. You reckon they've just put those two guys in to spice it up just in case it's a bit boring and they say, check, you need, you need to fire it up. Campo, we want you to, Campo, we want you to be opinionated and controversial. We want you to go back to the good old days, say, you know, a couple of back-in-my-day calls every now and then. You know, the, the line-up they sort of announced with Stan, you know, there was no surprises there. They'd sort of taken taken what had happened over Fox Sports over the last bit of time and, and patched the team together. So we're expecting um, probably more of the same as far as the, the commentary 
that Stan's going to put on it. And by throwing those couple of guys in, yeah, it might ostracise a few people. And I, and I think it's sort of, it has already. It's created a bit of controversy and people have gone, oh, I'm not going to listen to it then and whatever. But you go, well, you know, check's, check's a reasonable sort of guy. You'll fire up, hopefully, and add a bit of spice to it. He's passionate. So, if he's not, yeah. he's passionate. I don't, I don't mind. That's what I like about the Kiwi commentators. They're, they just speak their minds when they're watching the game and commentating on the game, which is, which is all you can ask for. You don't want, you don't want this propaganda stuff uh, shoved down your throat while blokes are trying to call a game. Yes, and I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, they've got, I think, 21 cameras they're talking about. They're bringing in spider cams. So they're trying to, they're obviously trying to bring in some, some new things to make it entertaining for the fans. But let's just hope yeah, that what the players do on the paddock is, uh, is worth looking at. Uh, the other game, the, the undercard, the Reds versus the Tars. First up, um, we've mentioned they've stood down Vunavalu. That's, you know, 800 grand well spent. James O'Connor, the captain. Is he the Nick Kyrgios of Australian rugby? We were off him, but now everyone seems to be on him. Well, well I'm we not on Kyrgios, though. Are we back off Kyrgios? Well, I thought we were oh, back on Kyrgios. I thought we were I'm on him sure. again. We, <laughs> like, we like his niggle of the, the Joker. We like that. Um, but, yeah, James O'Connor is skipper. I'm just not sure about that one. I'm going res- to keep the powder dry. Um, the, you know, there is certain things about his character and demeanour which still says there's a little bit of old James still floating around in there somewhere, but... Um, let's see if he can make those clear and um, clear decisions in the in the pressure cooker of uh, of Super Rugby out in the middle when he's trying to run a game and, and make the right decisions as far as playing options and defending options and uh, whether or not he's got that tactical brain that's going to help steer the team around the park as a skipper should. And also, just being have that level head when the chips are down, which I really liked um, Liam Wright's demeanour last year. I thought he just controlled the group really well when the chips were down and then every now and then he'd just do that little thing on the field which mm. you know whether a turnover or getting a penalty or something like that just was able to show really good leadership so um it'll be interesting to see how james takes that role on and the tong and thor on the bench was that surprising um yes and no like we definitely know what he's capable of how much he can change a game as well um, but at the same time, like we've mentioned already, the like it's it was a pretty short off season. He played a lot of rugby yep. towards the back end of last year as well. In you know one of the most demanding positions on the field, and he plays that position just you know different to any other anyone else who's ever done the game. And the way he plays it, he exposed you know he exposes himself. He's physical, so I think he's probably earned you know a late start to the year. And as well, the young guy who I don't know how young he is, but from Sunnybank. That's the that's the big flip side of it. Him getting an opportunity to go out there and start, mm. and you can put him out there. You can let him have a test if you're Brad Thorne. Watch him, you know, right from the start of a game, see how he performs, and you know you've got you got a good big shotgun sitting down there on the or a bazooka, more so sitting on the bench. That you can wheel that out, and it's going to do some damage whenever you're ready. So I think it's yeah, it's it's, it's smart management of the player early on in the season. And we talk about the uh, Western Force being under pressure. The Waratahs going to this game as underdogs. They're under a mountain of pressure, very inexperienced. I believe they've got a total of only 30, or for the Waratahs anyway, 30 test caps between five players. Uh, Dempsey's got 14 of them. So Jake Gordon, Angus Bell, uh, Johnson Holmes and Jack Maddox, the other ones making up the, the test players. So, you know, they've finished fourth last year. If they lose... And people are thinking they, that they may do. Will anyone actually ever turn up 
to a Waratahs game to watch them this year? <laughs> no, they won't, Mick. They will. They will leave them in droves, I reckon, if they if they don't get a couple early wins under their belt. And you're right. There's a lot of pressure on Rob Penny as coach, and you know. I reckon he was lucky to survive the off-season. Um, you know, you got two good assistant coaches there in Chris Whitaker and uh, Matty Cobain. I've noticed that they've taken a lot of the press mm-hmm. leading into this game. Um, so that was an interesting one there. And obviously, Chris Whitaker has been me- very measured in his co- comments. I think their back row looks pretty good, though. I like the idea, of, um, uh, and I don't know if you're going to add this as well with your mail bag, but Carla Tizano, the rugby WA, UWA player, uh, PG Hampshire winner, starting seven for the Tars. Didn't get got very little game time last year, so he hasn't played a lot of rugby in the last eighteen months. But you know, throwing him out into that sort of environment, he's either going to you know thrive or dive mm. big time because he's a fiery little fella. And if you know, you, the last thing you want is a guy like them, a guy like him, going out there and potentially getting a yellow card in the first few minutes of a game where. You know, your team's really under the pump and your, your number seven, who's a bit of a hothead, gets a card. card. That, Cause, cause I'm Matt... calling it now. That is highly likely. That he'll get a card in the first half. But, um, yeah, and I don't know. Matt, Cobain, that... Matt Cobain's come out and said that he's, you know, he's going to be the enforcer. So he's it's the like new Swinton, the... mate. He's the yeah. new Swinton. <laughs> we know how yeah, that worked he's out. He's the new grub. Uh, yeah, well... With, yeah, Swinton is, is one of those blokes you either love him or hate him, don't you? So yep. and he, he had his fair share of cards last year. Um, but, you know, the Reds forward pack looks pretty good on paper and, you know, they're, they're probably a little bit light on at lock for mind with Saru Iru having to go into lock. Um, and we don't know what's happened to Silicon Lotto. I didn't see any press around why he mm. wasn't in the 23. So I'm just speculating that something's going on maybe behind the scenes there. But... Um, but the Waratahs pack was reasonable in the trial game against the Reds and their backs weren't untidy. And you've got to remember, James Ram had a really good season last year. Joey Walton was very good. They've got Isaiah Parisi, who's come into the side, who's a former Red, who was in very good form when he left the Reds. And he, he's a real talent. And then you've got Maddox, who had a really good super rugby last year. And everyone thought that he'd be the Wallaby fullback, but it didn't come come to fruition but so I reckon the starting 15 for the Tars is good enough it's, mm-hmm. they just don't necessarily have that uh, depth off the off the bench but I do like Tane Edmund the uh, the ginger head boy from the Woodies Mickey coming yep. off the bench he's a real talent um, yep. yeah he's good and I reckon it, it, they might have a couple of gold nuggets in their squad this year that just might come through the Tars and I hate to pick them because you know I'm not a big Tars fan but um, the Reds might be under the pump on Saturday, I reckon. They might so you pick an upset. Pump. You're going to pick an upset. Oh, can, can I? Off the fir- first, yeah, if you want to. First yeah. episode of the year, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm calling an upset. Wow. All right. And just getting I'll, back to... I'll back there, Dad, though. I think I'd follow that in. Really? Tars pack, <laughs> if the Tars pack get on top, which they're a pretty good... Oh, I think they, they've got an opportunity to get on top in that Tars pack, and then it makes it very hard, like... Mitchie knows it makes it very hard. If your pack's going backwards all day and they're getting stifled, it makes it pretty difficult to win a game out there. Yeah, right. Okay. And that, yeah, and that's where I reckon Tanella might have a big influence on that game. Cause if, that second half. Yeah, in that second half, if if the Waratahs are chasing the scoreboard coming into half time, they're going to have an awful, awful time trying to peg them back. The Reds, they could run away with it. But, you know, if they, if they were able to stay thereabouts by half time, I reckon it could be interesting. Interesting back into the game, that one. 
And Mitch, you talk about the lack of depth in the Waratahs, which which always surprises me, given it's meant to be you know the, the headquarters of rugby in Australia. But the coach Rob Penny, he's under fire for the Waratahs retention of players. So um, Dempsey's just signed with the Glasgow Warriors. So apparently he's the fifteenth international since twenty nineteen to leave the Waratahs. So is is that just the nature of the game now, or or does you know Scott Johnson do they need to make playing for the Wallabies more attractive than a checkbook? Oh, I think I think um, there's a few things with Waratahs rugby that have always been there, and that's the the distances that the players have to come from and to 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 come into a central point for training and all the rest of it, which is which is different to Ballymore. It's different to the Brumbies, different to the, what the Force have got, and I think that's always unravelled them a bit culturally as a team. I think, and and blokes are a lot more loyal to their club in Sydney than to Waratah's jersey in my view. They're a lot more attached to a club jersey than they are to a Waratah's jersey, just through that tribalism that, that Sydney Club rugby brings around. And I think, yeah, I, I just think they haven't quite nailed that tribalism for the Tars jersey and that sort of has mm. eroded their culture a little bit, which is what's been speculated. Um, and it probably then, you know, if a guy's got to make a choice to be, well, do I go here or go there? Then, uh, then they make that choice. But Jack Dempsey, you know, you, you wouldn't say that he's in favour with Dave Rennie is a Wallaby. Yeah, yeah. Is in contention with the Wallabies, so he's just made a decision for, oh, well, what's best for what's best for my rugby, yep. what's best for my career. Yep. And, and yeah, Tom Tom Robinson made the same. He said, yeah. well, I just need to freshen up. I've got a different franchise. Okay, yeah. threw a suit, threw, few threw stones on the way out. <laughs> he certainly did. Broke a few windows. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, at, at least he was honest. At least he was honest about it. You're better better being honest about it than, you know, just giving some sort of puff. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, before we wrap it up then, give me your, your order of the five Australian teams at the end of Super Rugby AU, season 2021. 20, uh, you want to go first, Tess? Are we going to put these in stone and we're going to revisit yep. them at the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, we're going to review. Uh, how about we go? I think I mean, the Brahmies will win it again. I think it'll be the same one and two teams. And then we'll go with the force into the rebels into the tars coming last. Oh. <laughs> All right. Even though I tipped the tars in round one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's their only win. That's their only win. Yeah, Mitch? I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree with the top two. I think Brumbies and Reds will be the top two again, um, with potentially the Brumbies going back to back. Dan Bekeller's, you know, extended his contract at the Brumbies uh, for 2022. So they've got a real stable unit there, and I like the idea of that. Um, third, I reckon I reckon the Force will get a couple of wins up this year. I think they will they will break that duck, and, and I reckon they'll finish third. Fourth will be the Tars, and fifth will be the Rebels. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Mitch. Brumbies, Reds, Force, Tars, and Rebels. So we'll, we'll wait and see how that ends up. Well, that'll do us. Um, big first up episode for what promises to be a, a huge Friday night of rugby. So, Mitch, good to catch up. Yeah, lovely, mate. It's been it's been great. Looking forward to this season. And, um, you know, we you never know. We might get to commentate a game one of these days, Mick. We've, yeah, we've, we'll, you did we'll your keep, best to we'll try and negotiate it. something for us. But, it's not over yet. Um, Long the membership, The membership online is growing still. There's been a lot of requests to join Rugby been, Rap over yeah. the last few weeks. Over summer, it's been great. Yeah, so we're slowly growing. I think we're well over 1,100 now. Yeah. So 
We just need to have a bit more of a push on that membership drive, people, when you're listening to the podcast. Give us any feedback too, Mick. We'd love to hear yeah, any absolutely. people that things that people want to hear about because uh, you want to keep it interesting and um, make it enjoyable for people to listen to. Yeah, certainly topics or guests, you can send them to on Twitter at rugby underscore rap or just jump on the Facebook page and stick something up there because we always have a look at that. And Tess, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Yeah, well, it is a pleasure, mate. It's good to see your face again. <laughs> Let's just hope, we're, you know, this this whole, I mean, this whole coronavirus thing is, we had a brief comeback, but it's over now, so we can do these in person sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just need to work out a venue. Yeah. And how to record it from there. But, you know, there's a few, yeah, a few minor right. things. We need to find a, a pub with a quiet room. That's what, that's what we need. <laughs> so thanks, everyone. You need to build a little bar at your house or something like that, Mickey, so yeah. we can be on par with, you know, like the Matty Johns sort of set up yeah, or exactly. something like that. Yeah, we've got a nice and, uh, Heath, Heath could be behind the bar, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. bit of a, bit of a set up there. Brian Brown. Bit of a, yeah, bit of a nice. Brian Brown cocktail sort of scene. I sh- a big shout out to the Southern Lions Club in Perth, Mickey, uh, having a tennis tournament this weekend. So good to see the, uh, the WA rugby season. Uh, kicking off in an informal way with a bit of tens down at Coburn there the, yep. for the Southern Lions. Terrific. And we'll keep on top of the, the uh, local comp in WA and all the club rugby around Australia when that all does kick off. So thanks to everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you next week on the Rugby Wrap. Go the Force.